ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Uh, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. As I continue to preach in your hearing, when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was disrespected and dishonored by his own family, friends, and neighbors. Part 3. The Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign, day 2032, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2417, since January the 1st, 2016. Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, a pivotal passage, verses 53 through 58. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, and we're going line upon line here a little, there a little, Pardon me. Here a little, there a little. Straight through Matthew in the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign, as we did John, we went straight through. We're not skipping anything, so you should remember the parables. He departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, into his own neighborhood, into his own town, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. They were offended in him. It's a sad thing when your family and your friends and your neighbors are offended in you. And you don't have anybody to speak up for you and the good that you have done. But Jesus moved on and shook up the world from that. And this passage is for every Christian, every preacher who is hated by their family, their friends, and their neighbors for no reason other than God is using them. 
sometimes people do not understand, Christians do not understand, they try to fit in so hard. They try to fit in with uh, the crowd, the lost world and crowd on the job in a liberal, demonically driven church. at the university, at high school, and if they're truly born again, they don't understand that you cannot hide Christ. They know there's something different about you. They know that uh, uh, you're not like them, even though you try your best to be. And they despise you, and they hate you, because you are different. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, you can cuss, you can uh, say all of the things and go to the clubs they go to, but they know there's something different about you and they're going to hate you for it. They're going to despise you for it. Uh, For a couple of reasons, because you are different and then number two, you're trying to be like them and and they know you're not like them. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not mighty works there. Uh, He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief, their lack of faith in him. Dr. Alistair, Dr. Alistair Begg said, the people of Nazareth knew Jesus well, but still had unbelief concerning who he really was. Because of this, Jesus deprived the people in his hometown, if you will, of the signs and wonders that he was capable of performing. Although we may be exposed to godly influences, my friends, like the people of Nazareth, our unbelief, our lack of faith will deprive us of salvation and blessings. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for your holy word. I pray that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, your freedom and your liberty and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. And Holy Father God, help us to understand your Holy Word. Grant us your unction, your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to understand it, to comprehend it, for it is very deep 
and help us to apply it to our lives. This message right now may not be for everybody, but it is for uh, somebody. It is for the preacher who's all alone and by himself. His family has forsaken him. His wife has said, why don't you curse God and die? It's for the Christian who is all alone, surrounded by family members and friends and uh, neighborhood folk who cannot stand them because of their stand for you. And so, Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved, Please continue to have mercy and grace upon us, and please forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us all. Fill us all afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, save those who are lost, including my wife, Marika White, who is here with me, helping in the church ministry. Lord, I pray that your Holy Ghost will not give her rest until she humbles herself down and admits that she has never been saved, even though very religious. Lord, I pray the same for all of my family members and friends and all uh, people who name the name of Christ, I pray for them and their family members that they not deceive themselves into thinking that they're saved when they're lost and on their way to a devil's hell. Religious, church-going, communion-taking, baptized people who are religious but lost and on their way to hell, but they have been deceived by the devil to think that they are saved and they will not hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But they will hear, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. And so, Holy Father God, thank you for revealing that to me and showing me that some years ago, that the biggest problem in the church is people have never been born again. No wonder we have the worst church in the history of the church. Not only have people fallen away, they have fallen down like they're dead and just laid down and let the devil run a tractor over them. Lord, we have shamed your name. We have failed you, God. We have failed you, Jesus Christ. And we have failed uh, this country and we have failed the world when we had an opportunity to turn it upside down. God in heaven, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins. Of not obeying your great commandment or your great commission. Lord, we have people in the church who do not have the love of God in their hearts. Uh, not only, Lord, have the, has their uh, uh, love grown cold, it, 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 they never had it. Lord, uh, and, and, but we love to get together and pat each other on the back like we've done something. And we, we are the worst church in the history of the church. 
and everybody should know that but yet we still have people trying to do the happy talk dance and the hypocrisy and they know it's nothing this is absolutely nothing God have mercy and grace upon us please forgive us of our sins and Lord those few 7,000 those faithful few uh, the remnant church we thank you for them and Lord these are the ones this message is for they would stand strong and firm even though their mother has forsaken them their father has forsaken them their spouse has forsaken them their children have forsaken them and I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray for the salvation of the lost I also pray that you'd cast the devil and the demons of hell out of Marika White my wife uh, who unfortunately since she is not saved the devil can take her at a whim and at his will and cause her to be a problem as far as your ministry is concerned as well as others in our family and outside of our family cast the devil and the demons of hell out cast out the satanic demonic spirit of Judas Jezebel Sanballat and Tobias out of the people in our family and outside of our family in churches all across this country and around the globe and give us a sweet victory over the world of the flesh and the devil Lord please save more souls where people's hearts are tender all around the globe we see more people saved outside of America than in America and because their hearts are more open uh, for we have failed this country in so many ways that they don't even believe they don't even want to hear the gospel anymore because of our hypocrisy our phoniness and our prosperity gospel foolishness God have mercy and Lord I pray that you would rebuke and bind the devil his demons and his hosts from the minds Lord of my wife and family members and uh, other people outside of the family in the church across the country and around the globe nobody wants to admit it but we have people in the church and in our families who are demon possessed and they have fallen away from the faith and Lord I pray that you would save those who are lost revive those who are saved heal those who are sick comfort those who are grieving and Lord, I pray that you'll give me your might and your strength. For it is not by might, nor by power, that is my might or power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord, to preach the second message for today. And if you should tarry your coming, and if you would allow me to live, to preach a third one later on this evening, let your will be done. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, and for his sake, amen. Can you hear me good back there? Alistair Begg is right. Allow me to share what Alistair Begg said again. A great preacher and man of God. A respected man of God. Begg said, The people of Nazareth knew Jesus well. Very well. They grew up with him. But still had unbelief concerning who he was really was 
and you would have been the same way. Don't think they are such evil people. When you have a common looking man uh, saying the things that only God can say and reveal, and he was raised up around you in a carpenter shop, it doesn't matter how well received he was in other places, for the crowds were following after him in other places but not at home. And Jesus, of course, had all of this to come to pass for your good. He already knew this was going to happen. He already knew that familiarity breeds contempt. Family members don't respect you and neighbors and friends who you grew up with, they don't respect you. They don't believe that you're a prophet. They don't believe that you're a man of God, they remember you by your nickname. Jimbo, I don't care how old you get, how popular you are as a prophet and preacher all over the world. When you come to town, they're going to call you Jimbo. Jimbo, man, so good to see you. I remember your daddy. I remember your mom. That's what they did with Jesus. And if they did it to Jesus, they're going to do it to you. They don't, and some don't do it intentionally to hurt you or disrespect you. They just don't know any better. But some, they do it intentionally. They want to cut you down to size. They remember when. Okay? So my advice to you, uh, you know, you tr here's how, what I did and here's what I think all Christians should do. You owe them the gospel. A few might get saved. Most will not. They're not going to hear from you, Junebug. They're not going to hear from you, Junebug. So get somebody else to witness to them across town. To go and give them their names and addresses and, 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 and let them go by nonchalantly to witness to them and tell them about Jesus so that they won't know that it was you. Okay? But you owe them the gospel. You owe God uh, that you should give them the gospel. You owe God that. You owe Jesus that. At least one time because he saved you out of your religion. I got saved out of religion. That's why I'm hard on this. I'm on it. I got saved out of one of the most religious families in the history of the world. We went to church all of the time. I can't remember a Sunday we stayed home. You hear what I'm saying to you? As a family. I cannot remember a Sunday in all of my life that we stayed home from church. My mother was not going to have that. No, sir. No, ma'am. My dad was lost and singing in church, but he was lost. And then he got saved by listening to Billy Graham. He heard Billy Graham two or three times, I think, and then he finally understood the gospel and got saved, and he changed immediately. He's the most loving man I ever met in my life. To, to a fault. Because he should have whipped everybody's butt. 
in the family, my dad. See, and, and my dad was built like the Hulk. His fist was bigger than my head. If my dad ever hit me, Jesus, I guess, prevented him from hitting me. Because <laughs> I was terrible. I hated my dad with a passion. Because he was very popular as a preacher because he could sing. Very popular in the community. Everybody knew Daniel White Jr. And everywhere I went, people knew me as his son. And I hated it with a passion. I hated it so much, I wanted to change my name to Connell. And we were in church every Sunday, oftentimes two and three times a day, these people. And one of the reasons why I couldn't stand some of the men in the church, because I said, they know the Dallas Cowboys are going to come on at 12 o'clock and play the Washington Redskins and whip their behinds. They know this. Yeah, they're going to stay in church like they don't know. And we didn't have TiVo or recording or anything back in those days. In fact, back in those days, our color TV, believe it or not, listen to me very carefully, was a black and white TV, and my dad was, bless his heart, so cheap that he went out to one of the dollar stores and got a rainbow uh, thing that you can see through so that, and taped it on to the TV, and that was color TV for us. I guess that was color TV for the colored people, I don't know. That was it. And another thing I noticed in the church was how the men allowed the women to control everything, and including them. I said, I can't have this. I can't be a part of this. That's one of the things, I guess, that kept me from getting saved. Joining the church on my own. It was just a mess. But anyway, uh, because of this, Jesus deprived the people, their unbelief, if you will, in his hometown. And I don't believe it was because Jesus Christ deprived the people. The people deprived themselves because they refused to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the prophet, priest, and king. And so they deprived them. The, they deprived themselves of the signs and wonders that he was capable of doing in front of them and for them. Although we may be exposed to godly influences, like these people were in Nazareth, our unbelief will deprive us of the signs and wonders and the blessings and even salvation. See, because this was a very serious matter, they didn't believe on Christ. So therefore, they went to hell. Not only are you deprived in this life, uh, you are deprived of heaven in the life to come if you mock Jesus, you joke about Jesus, you don't take him seriously. You go to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 13 concludes with the account of Jesus Christ's final visit to Nazareth. Despite it being his own country, his own territory, his own county, his own city, 
do you know oftentimes when, you, when a great one comes along and Jesus Christ is the greatest of all time you have to be dead for them to recognize how great you were in your own hometown they, they will be the last ones to put a marker in your own hometown about how great you were the last city the last one They don't recognize your greatness until you did. And some of you folks who are following in Jesus' footsteps, you might as well just go ahead and get used to it. Stop thinking that your mama and your daddy are going to praise you and pat you on the back for the great exploits that you're doing as a Christian. You have to get to the point where you are not living for them. You're not trying to prove anything to them. You are serving God uh, by the grace of God because of Jesus Christ. And for his glory, praise, and honor, you are serving for an audience of one. Now, God will help you with that. He will help get you to that point where it doesn't matter to you if your family members or your friends or your neighbors pat you on the back. In fact, it gives you fuel and grist and gravel to get your ground, uh, to, to get your, uh, 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 to get your, uh, uh, get you moving down the road. Okay? It will, it will give you the gasoline and the impetus to move forward for God. And see, there's a little thing you need to know about God. If God has called you to do something, God wants you to do something, God uh, wants you to commit to Him, God will, as time goes on, is the most, it's the strangest thing. You might be thinking that you ought to be winning friends and influencing people. Especially for a true prophet. God will have all of your friends and family members to turn against you and fall away from you. If you, you mark my words, if you're going to be mightily used by God, God may use some people in your life for a while, But God will have them to fall off just like a missile, or not a missile, but a spaceship going towards the moon. It'll take you, the, the, the engine thing, or whatever you call it, uh, will take you up so far, get you into gravity, and uh, then take you, another one will take you a little further, and, uh, and that's how, and then start falling off. Family members and friends will turn against you. Some who helped you a whole lot. God will have it so. It will be God's will that somehow something happens and they will fall off. And they'll turn back from you. 
They won't call you anymore. They won't support you anymore. And I'm here to tell every preacher who's going through that. And you'll have people in your family to turn against you. They know you. They know you. They know how much you loved them. They know how much you helped them to get to where they are. But they'll turn against you just like Judas turned against Jesus. Family members. My wife knows me very well. One of the reasons why my wife has stayed with me for 34 years, over 34 years, is not because we got some great romantic love situation. I know that's disappointing to you, sweet evangelicals, because you think you got that and you don't, you liars. We don't. It's not there. I know that I have Jesus Christ in my heart, and the only reason why I can stay with her is because of God's agape love. And she has seen that. And it's easy to do. As a saved person who is mature in the Lord and is God's agape love, he's the one who does it. I don't do anything. I, I put up with a whole lot and deal with a whole lot because of his love. The reason why, one of the reasons why uh, in our, uh, what you call, uh, emptiness years, the re one of the reasons why we won't even talk about a divorce or think about a divorce is not because we have some great Romeo and Juliet romantic relationship. We've never had that. God has put in my heart that I made my vows to God. I didn't make my vows to her. Number one. Number two, I know as an adult, and, I, and I'm, I had Jesus in my life, and, I had, and I'm a big and bad man, but I, I never wanted my parents to divorce for some reason. And I never even thought they would, even though they separated several times. In fact, my mother left my dad... As soon as I graduated from college, I didn't know anything about it until later. My dad came up to where I was working and, and, and told me. She left the next day. She saw me graduated without telling me anything. I left town in my little red Mustang, and she left town and, and left uh, the town we were raised in for good. That was not the first time. They did it. They separated once before. Or twice before. I believe. But I never thought my parents would get a divorce. I never had that in my mind. I never, that never came into my mind. I, and, and, and I'm glad they didn't. Because I would have had a problem with that. In my soul. In my spirit. My wife. Uh, who's here with me tonight. Uh, she came out of a divorced household and a divorced, divorcing family, and she hasn't been right since. That's one of the one of the problems in her life, other than the fact that she's not saved. And I'm here to tell all of you couples where one person is saved and the other one lost. Jesus can hold the marriage together. It's not. It's not me. 
is not the spouse, it's not the husband, it's not the wife, it's Jesus, man. You can have a one saved person who is truly saved and born again, Jesus inside that man in this case, and, and, and the other person lost his holding goat, Jesus can keep the marriage together for his glory. And so and have those children be raised with a father and a mother. I have one of my daughters visiting with us today. And, and, and I'm so uh, proud and happy that she can come home and, uh, and, and see her father and her mother. And they're living on their own, they're living on their own for a while. I'm glad about that. Doesn't mean that uh, everything is hunkadory and wonderful between my wife and I. No, not like that. But we, we stay, we're, we're staying married for that, for the glory of God. And I, I made my vows to God, not to her. Number two, for my children's sake. See, th see, this is the. W Wait a minute now. This is what how saved people think. If you say who, not me. I ain't, I'm not staying with anybody. I'm not all fired up about, and I don't really love romantically. And all you're lost and on your way to hell. Number three, easy, wonderful, free, uh, and uh, guilt-free sex. I'm too old to be trying to start all over with somebody. That's 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 and that, and that's how it ought to be, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to tell you that no matter who forsakes you and who turns against you, my wife has never been supportive of the ministry. I've had to corral her and, 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 and uh, uh, urge her and, uh, and make her do certain things. You see, make her? Yeah, because here's the situation. Uh, you're supposed to submit to me. Whether you save the loss, you have choices, and you have consequences. Now, uh, either you obey me and submit to me and do what I tell you, uh, otherwise you will not have the privilege of being married. You need to go someplace else because that's not going to work. See, that's that's not the American way thinking. The American way is, oh, she can say what she wants, she can do what she wants to, and uh, and, and she does not have to obey you. Uh, uh, she does she does not have to submit to you. She can do whatever she wants. Not here, not here. And she knows that. That's not that's not happening. You say, well, I tell you what, out there, no, you you your behind is not here. See, and I don't want you here if you got that kind of mentality. We, we, we would not last one minute together. See. And so she has not been supportive of me not over the past 34 years at all. She's been against me. 
Did that stop me from preaching the gospel? No. It really caused me to preach the gospel more than what I, I would have. Probably. Did it stop me from praying? No, I prayed more. See, if you say nobody, no human being, no devil is going to stop you from doing what God called you to do. Even if your children forsake you and go into sin and follow the devil and follow demonic church leaders against you when they know better, even if they forsake you, no matter how painful it will be, you need to stand for God and you need to stand for Jesus Christ and you need to stand for the Word of God all by yourself if you have to. Despite it being His despite it being His own country His own community really occupied with His relatives and friends the people there dishonored Him they disrespected him. No doubt they mocked him. They couldn't stand him. They were offended in him. Offended by him. Do you know I have family members and friends who are offended by me whereas before they weren't? They are offended because I preach the gospel every day. And they mock that. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't bother me a bit. Because I know where it comes from. That comes from the devil. They are offended at me and offended uh, in me because I preach against the abomination of homosexuality. Thank God for the mega church over 14,000 members down near Houston who say, you know what, Methodists, we're going to walk. We're not going to join, we're not going to stay a part of a denomination that's going to hire on homosexual pastors and marry homosexuals. No, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're Bible believers, and they have walked. Thank God for all of the uh, thousands of black uh, preachers with the uh, Anglican Church who told the white leaders of England, where the church started. Now, you people better, first of all, we're not going to take communion with you. Uh, we can't break bread together with lying devil hypocrites. That's what basically they said. At Canterbury. We're not going to break bread together up here together with you people, uh, with homosexual priests and preachers. And, and, and homosexual, uh, marrying homosexuals? No, no, no. There's no, there's no fellowship. One of the black leaders said, there's no fellowship, and we're not going to live a lie with you people. Tell me we're together. Just overlook it. Nope. Can't do that. See? See, truly saved people, they, they are, I'm telling you right now, you listen to me well. I've been trying to tell you this for the past 10 years or more. Truly saved, born again people? They are not going with no, no, no. They're not going with any homosexual, transgender, demonic foolishness, and 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 and, and uh, drag queens in the church, man. No, born again saved people. 
they are going to get their grip once you start doing mess like that. They're going to get their grip and their hat, in the words of Daniel White Jr., Bishop Daniel White Jr., and hightail it out of there. Bible-believing, born-again Christian folk, they are not going to do that. They're not even going to entertain that. And they will let you know. They're not doing that. And the people did not believe in Jesus Christ. Here are two, or rather here's one uh, major point to learn from this passage. First, look at how Jesus was rejected by his own people. Family members, friends, and neighbors now. Family members is, is one thing. Then you got your friends and your neighbors who know you as well. That may be a little bit more painful. Familiarity breeds contempt is a common proverb. And it applies here when Jesus taught in the synagogue at Nazareth. The people were astonished at his wisdom and the mighty works he was doing. Now why were the people astonished? Because you need to understand that when God drops some wisdom on you, insight, understanding, and authority, that is something that people marvel at. Because it comes from God. When you speak with authority and you speak uh, with conviction, and by the way, you can't work that up, authority. The reason why God made Billy Graham great because he believed the Bible and he preached like it. We don't have many pastors and many preachers today who preach with authority. And if you don't line up with the Bible, you're not going to have any authority. If you're not prayed up, you're not going to have that authority that only God can give you, and the people will recognize it. They may not like what you say, but they're going to know that you came from God with it. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, however, brethren, instead of realizing that they needed to change their perspective on who Jesus was, they were offended at him. They didn't like who he was and what he had become and what he was accomplishing. It was just too much. And you'll have people like that in your life. They can't stand you because God is all over you, see. You know why they can't stand you? It's because God is all over you. And guess what? They can't stand God. Remember now, this is the same Jesus who was killed by his own brethren according to the flesh. They hated him so much. They tried to kill him several times, but they couldn't. Jesus did this thing called he passed by right on through the midst of them. They hated him for no reason 
because God was all in him and over him. He is God, see. They hate God because they love darkness rather than light. They love to be hypocrites and phonies and fakes because they love darkness rather than light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. They basically started asking, who does Jesus think he is? Have you ever heard that from anybody in your church, in your ministry? Moses did. Who does he think he is? He doesn't have a monopoly on God. They brought up how they knew his father, Joseph, his mother, Mary, and his brothers and sisters. You know, there are some people, especially some women in the church, who uh, they don't want to appear to be special or better than others. Even though they know that God has done something with them. I don't know if that was the case with Mary. I doubt it. She's mighty quiet in this passage. I believe that women want to fit in more than men, generally speaking. Teenagers more than women want to fit in. But let me help you. When you become a born-again Christian, Dear friend, if Jesus Christ didn't fit in, you're not going to fit in. No matter how much you want to fit in. And some people will compromise their souls, their bodies, their lives to fit in with a certain group. I mean, they'll, they'll uh, uh, do away with all of their convictions and all that they have learned to fit in with some devils, some religious devils in the church, educated devils at the school, job devils. They'll do anything. to fit in because they don't want to seem different they don't want to be different they want to be what accepted and you, do you know there's another group and, and, and I know we have many pastors listening to me right now there's another group that I believe they want to be accepted more into the pastoral group more than even women want to be accepted and teenagers want to be are pastors Pastors, many pastors, they want to fit in. And God will call some pastors to do certain things and they can't fit in. Dr. Tony Evans is a nice man, a loving man, a giving man, uh, a, a kind man, a meek man. He loves the brotherhood. He loves the sisterhood. And he is loved by the grace of God. But one thing he's not going to do is compromise on the word of God. He's not going, he can't. He cannot do it. Yeah. He may even want to kind of see things your way, but if it goes against the word, uh, he can't do that. And that's how God wants all of us to be. It's okay to be loving and caring and so forth. Uh, uh, but but if I have to compromise the word of God to fit in, I wouldn't be fitting in. And that's his attitude. That's his heart. I don't have to talk with him about it. I know that. See? And so, you need to be the same. You need to, you need to be a man and woman of the book. 
Believe the book. Believe in the book. What God's word says, no matter what other people say. You stand on the book. You obey the book. The word of God. Though the stars fall. And you don't let anybody turn you away from God and his word. Uh, I would love to be friends with you. I would love to go to the steakhouse with you and fellowship with you and all that. But if you're going to try to get me to compromise the word of God, I don't even want to do that with you. I really don't. I, I have no interest in meeting with people. This is the way God has wired me. And for for the calling that he's given, I have no I have no interest in in uh, going to a restaurant with some preacher and talking with a group of preachers, and they you know trying to uh, get me to go their way. And you know, I have no interest in that none. Because God, in fact, God told me I had an opportunity to get on several platforms, big platforms, and God told me don't do it. Don't do it. I had an opportunity, had a job that was going to pay me good money, over $100,000. And I had the training for it and everything. And God, I mean, I, in fact, God never troubled me more. It was a Christian-based job, too. God never, tr never troubled my heart and my spirit more about anything, I don't think, in my Christian life uh, 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 than that, taking that chaplaincy job. I mean, and some of you preachers know what I'm talking about. Some of you Christians know what I'm talking about. Uh, to me, it looked like it was a good situation. But he, he, uh, he saw something. And this was before the plague. And now I know why he did not want me to get involved with that. Because, see, once you get involved with that, then you got to get involved with all of the different pastors in town, all of the liberal pastors, the lying pastors, the compromised pastors, the so-called uh, uh, inclusive pastors and just a bunch of mess and, and, and the money would have been good and helpful to the family to go and pray with other people and, and, and read the Bible to other people and get paid uh, that would have been great but God I mean as soon as I left from talking with the people and they, they hired me they said I have the job. And as soon as I got in the car, I don't I mean, something hit me like a bolt of lightning. And it didn't go away until I called the people about a day or so later and said, Look here, I can't I'm sorry, I can't I can't take the job. And they were shocked. I can't take it. I can't. And, and I didn't even think about all of the different passages got to deal with and all that, but God showed me that later. And I, with, the, with the calling that he had on my life and what he wanted me to do in years to come after that, he did not want me to be involved with that. Uh, some great preachers, he did not want me to be on their platforms and, and be connected with them. Why? Because... I would have uh, felt some kind of way about preaching against their evil and their foolishness. And so I'm not in bed with anybody. I'm footloose and fancy free. I'm not, I'm not buddy-buddy with any preacher. I don't care who it is. Now I know, quite a few years after the fact, 
why God told me clearly, do not hook up with this famous pastor. Do not hook up with this famous pastor. Don't join this church. None of that. I don't want you. I want you to. I want you to stay right where you are. God will lead you and guide you. Now, is it lonely? Yes. But he'll be a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you know him as your Savior? His name is Jesus Christ. He will lead and guide you through life. He'll lead you to heaven and keep you out of hell. He will stick closer to you than a brother. And you know that only God could say stuff like that. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shall be saved. Understand with me today, dear friend, that you are a sinner. That you have done evil in God's sight. And so have I, and so has the Pope. So has the Dalai Lama, so has Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> the Bible also says the wages of sin is death. We're going to die because of our sins of lying dishonesty. We're going to die because of our sins of lusting after people and things, coveting after people people and things. Dishonoring, disobeying our parents. Dishonoring God by taking his name in vain. Adultery, fornication, having sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, all of these things. Once we die, we will go to hell for if we do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of our sins. Yes, that's right. Once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you pray and ask him to save you, uh, he does not want you to stay the same. You understand that. Okay, you understand that. Uh, God, Jesus Christ, died for our sins, not to continue in sin. Not for us to continue in sin, but to quit sin. By His grace and with His help. Jesus Christ said about hell, the fire shall never be quenched. He said it over and over again, the fire shall never be quenched. The fire shall never be quenched. And so the good news is what Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus one night, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shall be saved. Pray and ask him to save your soul. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he'll give you the strength 
to stand alone, if necessary, against your family, against your friends, and against your neighbors. He will do it, and it won't be that hard, because it's His power, not yours. So if you want to be saved from the power of sin and the pain of sin in that awful place called the burning hell, then pray with me the sinner's prayer, believing in your heart in none other than Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. Let's pray. Repeat after me phrase by phrase. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. Not only once, but many times. For I have indeed broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of my sins and trespasses. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart. and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of all of my sins and to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, your soul, and your spirit, and you prayed that prayer with me and meant it from your heart, then may I say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now to grow in His grace and to learn next steps, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book free of charge titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. And it will help you to make the next steps you need to make as a Christian to become the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. Very important. Also, uh, email us and let us know that you got saved today so that we can rejoice with you and send you some extra materials. And send us any prayer requests that you have. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And somebody will answer your email. Uh, and they do a pretty good job with that. And let you know that you're on the prayer list. That 
And your name will never be taken off until you tell us to stop. And we'll pray for you until you tell us to stop. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for what you have done here today through the power of your Holy Word and through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll lead us, guide us, and direct us throughout the remainder of this afternoon. Let your will be done and not our will be done. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed rebuke and bind the devil and his demons and his hosts from your people and help each and every one of us who name the name of Christ to pray without ceasing, to read your holy word, and to obey your holy word, and to meditate on it throughout this day. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as the music plays. I don't know why Jesus loved me.